1: Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the Rotoviz Best Ball Show. My name is Colin Kelly. I am joined by the one, the only Zachary Kruger. And we are joined by the true one and only, the OG of Rotoviz back in the day as well. And uh, now with Sharp football Analysis, we have Rich Rebar, who, of course, I'm sure everyone's already following over on Twitter at Lord Reeves. But we are really excited, Zach, to, uh, to have Rich on today's show. We will be jumping in to a BBM tree draft over at Underdog Fantasy. In a couple of moments, we'll do some conversation, then we'll jump into that. But if you are playing over under Underdog Fantasy, you can use the code ROTOBASE to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. But Zach, we have uh, done these. We've teased possibly doing it on a weekly basis at 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK, Ireland time. We have now done, I think, three of the last four weeks, So, and we have Peter Overzet on deck for next week. So it feels like we may be getting ourselves into a, a weekly stream here.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we're finally coming into form and having this uh, this this show come up on a regular basis. And Rich is just kind of put along with us now to help usher in that consistent uh, week week to week show. So, uh, Rich, thanks for joining us. Happy to have you here.
3: Yeah, listen, anytime I can come back and do stuff with the roto crew, I always love to come back and check chat, chat with you guys. I still have my Rotoviz subscription, and I'm on the site regularly. So, I get invited back. I always try to make that make that happen.
1: Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. As I mentioned, we will be jumping into the draft in a couple of moments. We will get some of Rich's thoughts before we do that. Um, A lot of conversation, obviously, with the, I guess, the the tournament style of drafting that is going on now. I I was fortunate enough with Sean Siegel and Blair Andrews to come second in the FFPC tournament last year. Hopefully, we go one better and, and win some of these tournaments this year. But last year, there was conversations around stacking, but not to the same extent as we do have this year. Some of the fields have grown in size. That team that we came second with, there wasn't a lot of stacking in that. There was some stacking in week 17 off the you know final of the playoffs, but not really intentionally. But we are seeing a lot more of the DFS conversation come over into it now. And the, there's a lot more structural information, a lot more data from how teams did last year. What are some of your thoughts on, you know, the playoff portion of it, week seventeen, and then you know, targeting stacks throughout your drafts?
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack with this. Uh, you know, interesting enough, I don't play in a ton of of puppies and BBMs. I like to just use disposable income and I like to have fun with it, like the Millie Maker. But uh, you know, the way that this offseason has gone, I feel like a lot of people are using a large portion of their bankroll in these tournaments. I would not advise for that. You know, it is a minus EV tournament. Uh, and you know, I like to play a lot of the six-man leagues personally, but a lot of six-man, twelve-man leagues, you can go in and, and cash out. Hopefully you want to win. And build up your bankroll and then kind of have some fun money like you do in DFS. And because of DFS, that's kind of where I see how things have gone in terms of the stacking discussion. So one of the most successful ways I've gone and played DFS the last couple of years, I play more smaller fields. It doesn't apply to this, but I do more game slots. Which has come up to how the playoff building right is. This is you know can we get right on this game? If we make it to week seventeen, if we have Colts giants stacks, like can, is that gonna be the game that pops? Broncos Chiefs. Uh, that's kind of where people have gone and they've tried to start to build their teams. Week seventeen has gotten the most play uh this offseason than it's ever gotten in the history of fantasy football already and it's, it's you know not even july yet uh and th- that kind of just like i said goes hand in hand though because i believe that that's like a successful way to play dfs you get in these small smaller fields and you just onslaught games and if you're right on the game you're gonna smash and you're gonna smash really big and that's the way i love the play it's kind of invoke some of that kind of methodology
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I do think it's interesting. I think there might be a little bit too much being put into the Week 17 element. You know, you have to get to Week 15 (laughs) to get into the playoffs before we get there. And I think the overall structure of your roster is more important. If you can do the structure and add in those supplementary pieces, I think that's ideal. I think, you know, obviously targeting. High scoring offenses and then building out from there is a a good way to do it. But yeah, a lot of airtime being given to week 17. But we'll see as we go through the draft today who we can mix in. And you did mention, you know, these tournaments are getting more popular than ever. There's more people playing best ball than ever before. I think like we have been doing best ball content. Me and Zach started doing together last year, but you know, myself and Sean Siegel have been doing it for a number of years. Rotavus have been covering it for years but it has exploded this year with underdog for example with even the ffpc's never too early basketball tournaments there's more and more like this time three years ago there was no basketball competitions happening at this time of the year you know five years ago it was mfl 10s was the was the things we were all doing you know it has really expanded so um yeah the good point you made there we we play in a lot of these leagues we advertise playing on them but it is very important to manage your best, or your your not just your best ball bankroll, but your bankroll for the whole season. It's the same if you're playing DFS. You hit week one and you think, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you know 25 teams into the milli maker this week, and then you get to week four and you're like, I have no money left. Uh, so you have to really balance that out throughout. So that's a, a good piece to touch on. Uh, we will be jumping into that draft in just a moment. For anyone watching, and make sure you hit that thumbs up button here on the Rotovision YouTube channel. But you did post up some information on Twitter over the last couple of days around running backs who could potentially be running back ones here. And myself and Zach really like the zero RB approach, but we will go with that modified or hero RB approach uh, if we can get those running backs. And we have you on the show. The tweet did catch my attention. There's a couple of guys' names in there that I'm very tempted by this year. There's a couple of guys' names in there that I'm not tempted by. So I'm interested in your thoughts (laughs) on some of those guys who uh, could be you know, RB1s, you know, so a top 12 running back you did touch on as well, it could be the running back one overall. So what are your some of your early running back thoughts for 2022? Yeah, I've
3: been doing a lot of just top down look on like kind of like the anatomy of like players. I I a couple weeks ago had a tweet that talked about like, you know, how the importance of drafting wide receivers on good teams is and that, you know, the hit rates based on the arbitrary levels of, you know, how many team wins a team can have and I we can use kind of uh, the win totals and some of the books to kind of guide us into some guys that maybe undervalued or overvalued. Uh, and just kind of the same thing with the running backs. I haven't posted any stuff with the team win stuff, but I'll probably tie it into an article eventually down the line here. And I've been pulling some ADP stuff and I've just been seeing a lot of people. What really got me going on this was a lot of people have like started this groundswell of like Aaron Jones can be the RB one overall. And I just don't see it, really. I don't really see a clear path to it. Uh, you know, you need an A.J. Dillon injury, I guess, is the clearest path, I, I guess, to it. But, you know, Aaron Jones, through his this point of his career, has been a player that has thrived on how good he is at football, right? Like, he's been a super efficient player because he's really good at football, uh, and he scores a lot of touchdowns. But he, if you look at his, like his touch totals compared to his peers, they've just never been there. I mean, he, he's basically been just, like, right on the fringe of being an RB1 in terms of, like – touches per game. And then last year, you know, he's, he's, he's floating around 14.9 per game. And I was looking, I was like, well, how many times has the RB one overall like been, and ha- not really had like a full workload. And I looked and over the last 30 years, cause I have, you know, my, my database only goes back to 1982 because when targets kind of target data was still like uh, incorporated uh, the RB one in overall PPR scoring has averaged fewer than 20 touches per game. Just twice. It was Alvin Kamara uh, two years ago, obviously, you get the the six touchdown Christmas gift to everybody, and then D'Angelo Williams in 2008, and both those players had 20 touchdowns. So I guess that's the one thing you can say about Aaron Jones is like he's been a proven touchdown scorer to this point in his career. Uh, to say like, all right, well he's the only player outside of Derrick Henry to double digit touchdowns at the running back just in the past three years. Uh, but can he get to 20? That's what you're going to need, I think. So I don't think the touches are really going to be there for him. Even with the receiving influx, I think there's definitely a runway for him to increase his receptions. Something he's done every year in his career. I don't think anyone's wrong like that. But I don't think he can really get to like the Alvin Kamara like level workload um, that he had even two years ago. And then we still have to kind of question like, you know, will he even get to have those money touches that he had in years past? Because we saw when he came back in week 12 last year, back from injury and was fully healthy, uh, AJ Dillon out touched him 17 to five in the red zone and nine to three inside the 10 yard line. So while the receptions are going to go up, and there's definitely a path to saying, like, yeah, there, there's some maybe, he could be like how DeAndre Swift was at the beginning of last year, and he's been so good split out wide. I just don't think he has in his range of outcomes to get to the level of necessary requisite touches to be the RB1 overall. Does that make him a bad pick where he's going, no, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. That is just what the fulcrum point what led me kind of to go back and look at some of this stuff was. And just two of those guys are the, that we said of those 30 running backs, 30 years of data, have averaged fewer than 20 touches, and no one has averaged fewer than 18 touches per game. A Mark Aaron Jones has never hit in his career at this point.
1: I think, I mean, I'm a Packers fan, but I do agree with a lot of what you said there. The other part, you know, DeAndre Swift was somebody we targeted last year quite a bit, and I think he is interesting this year again, but they were a team last year who we projected to be behind, and a lot of that kind of thesis of what he was going to do was in the fourth quarter. I would expect this Packers team to you know, have a strong season again and to be heading towards those playoffs, and that's realistically not going to mean that he's going to get those garbage time dump-offs to... To really inflate that overall score in total and PPR, so we'll see when we get through these opening kind of four or five rounds, we head on into these running backs and, and how things play out here. But not to—I'm uh, uh,
3: sure you probably dropped this, but the, how did you become to be a Packers fan where you are?
1: So uh, this is—I have mentioned this a couple of times, but the Packers obviously wear green and gold. Um, the local colors of the the county where I'm based in is green and gold, and okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was as basic as it got at the start. Um, I'm also an Arsenal supporter. They are now not owned by the supporters anymore. They're owned by Stan Kroenke of the LA Rams. Uh, so that was a thing. They were a kind of a you know, fan-owned club, and the team I supported were still relatively fan-owned at that point. But that is no longer the case, as uh, <laughs> as Stan Kroenke is there at the moment. But uh, that is, that's my story of how to become a, a Packers fan. Um, when we're looking, Zach, I think we probably will get towards jumping in at the moment you No, know, we have people watching in if you have any takes any thoughts on any of the players we talk about or we discuss let us know in the chat and of course we have a scott fishbowl entry to give away the information for that is in the show notes of today's show so make sure you get involved in that we do have a comment that comes in from fellow donegal or not fellow donegal fellow irishman that is conor odriscoll who did win that ffpc tournament last year he does say that donegal is also known as the forgotten county so taking that taking a swipe there but we will. We will get ready to jump in to the draft. Is there any spot in drafts? You mentioned you haven't done a huge amount of these. But is there any draft slots that you're preferring to get rich? If you're building your teams, do you want to be in the the start, the middle, the end? Where are we looking here?
3: Well, I'm I'm still drafting a lot of teams. I'm just not really, like I said, firing 50 percent plus of my bankroll into these tournaments, and that's why I just kind of. I feel like I feel like that's where like the 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 guidance is going right now and the content. And I just still want to caution people, like, you know, these are very still minus EV tournaments. But uh yeah, I've been drafting all over. I feel like I've been in the back third a ton. So it'd be nice to finally like be on the front because being in the front kind of allows us, especially in these large field tournaments, to kind of maybe do some potential to get a little more unique. I know, you know, like Pete Oversett's gonna you said he's gonna be on the next one. You know, his most successful team last year, they took Devonte Adams at 102 and it allowed the built a unique kind of start because the initial rounds the the player symmetry is typically dictated by ADP right Like when you look at player correlations, like, you know, well, how many teams last year had Christian McCaffrey plus Justin Jefferson, you know, But like, you know, uh, there were so many, and and George Kittle, right? Like that was like the three-way start that was like so popular. It's like, how am I going to lose with this? And it's like, yeah, because 700 people also have the same team, like the same start. Like, so being in the front does allow us to get a little more unique. Like, say if we like wanted to eat weird and say, let's take Dalvin Cook 102, right? Like it could give us a unique kind of like build that way as a start because just initial ADP, carry so much of the
1: weight the first few rounds i would agree with that and it's going to be interesting to see where we have we been allocated a slot here zach are we still waiting on a couple of people
2: yeah you should be able to see it we're at the 104 Um, okay so i was going to say we've
1: we've been fortunate zach we've got some early slots so 104 rich you're the guest where where would you like to lean here um at at the 104 as cooper cup goes 101
3: um Yeah, I mean, it's well, we'll see what comes. I mean, it figures. We do a Road of show, and a wide receiver goes first overall. I don't think that that's a true receiver. So wow. it figures. So, I mean, we just sit back here, and I think we just take one of Jonathan Taylor and Christopher Caffrey. It's, you know, super chalky, but, you know, the, the room is not letting us uh be
1: fun because it's a road of his draft. Yeah, we, we could jump <laughs> it. We, we could jump and get uh Jamar Chase here, but I do think I haven't got McCaffrey much because like I've said there a lot of the time we've been at the four slot. We've gone with somebody like Chase or with Jefferson for example. So again, I'd like to differentiate some of the players we're getting. So I'm happy to go with McCaffrey there. Are you are you happy with that um Zach?
2: Yeah, yeah I think McCaffrey is fine here. I went ahead and just let the clock run out with him in the queue. So we should have him here and just uh Second, luckily all that all worked according to plan. So we do have him now. Um, I'll go ahead and pull up the, the draft board here and uh yeah officially
1: when, when we do have Rich John and we're talking about some of these running backs, who could be running back one. <laughs> we have seen in the past, obviously, what Christian McCaffrey can do, but a majority of the last two seasons he has missed through injury, and we're obviously like you know, he is for me the consensus 102 at running back this year. Um, what's your thoughts there? Should we be a little bit more hesitant to him doing what he did maybe two years ago three years ago
3: I think there has to be at least some thought about just one we don't see a lot of players just basically ghost us for two years and just come back and be incredible and then two like when does the Carolina Panthers start taking stock in some of this stuff right like when do the Panthers brass start to say well we have two good players one in Christian McCaffrey one in DJ Moore and we can't keep one of our assets on the field uh, you know, we look at his size. Chris McCaffrey is one of these guys that is one of those tweener backs. You know, he said he plays at 210. Uh, and He's had a workload that's been kind of enormous. And when do they just kind of like say like, well, maybe we shouldn't give him this many touches. Could that happen? Now, this is a situation where Matt Rule has to win some damn football games, though. So, like, I would say that like this year, like – they still have to rely on Christian McCaffrey to kind of carry this offense. So uh, I'm not as hesitant on that, but those would be like kind of the things that you kind of would poke holes into and saying like, well, could this thing kind of come off the rails while still being healthy?
1: Yeah. He feels to me like a player where if it comes off the rails, you know, I'm going to be okay I took Christian McCaffrey. I'm not really going to regret that pick at the end of the season. Like it's a pick that you do based on what your expectations are, what are going to happen. Every every player is that injury risk, but he has had, Maybe the rest over the last couple of years will do him good. When we get to when we get to this season, uh, we will be picking in about seven picks time. I'm hoping that we see some nice wide receiver options land back to us. Somebody I've been drafting a lot is AJ Brown. I'd be interested in your thoughts on him. But other players that tend to get back here sometimes is the likes of Debo Samuel or maybe even a T Higgins if we're taking a little bit of an early step at him. But you did mention Debo goes on that next pick, but you did mention uh, some of the running backs we touched on earlier. Any of those guys intriguing when we get to maybe the third third pick or the, the second pick here for us?
3: yeah I mean the room has caught on now he's kind of nudged his way up to the two three turn but like I was just auto picking Saquon in the third round I still think he's fine at the two three turn too especially because uh, if you start with like an elite running back right and I know like Sean is probably like no 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 we're not doing this but like imagine being able to get like telling someone in fantasy football like even two years ago like hey next next in like there'll be a two-year span here you'll be able to get on a team Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Alvin Kamara all on the same team. Like, imagine being able to tell someone that. Like, the because because even Sean will defend. Like, there are there's an archetype of running back you still want, and those all three of those guys check the box, and it's not usually only get like one of those guys, and because that gives you so many more outs. If Two Dude, of the three guys hit. Like, let me interrupt you real quick. Sorry. Go for
2: it. Sorry, we have 17 seconds to make a pick. Uh, I have Aaron Jones queued up. but The other wide receiver would probably be A.J. Brown or someone of that. I, I would
1: go A.J. Brown or Saquon Barkley here. You can have the final say, Rich.
3: Uh, I mean, th- do we have any shot that we believe Saquon makes it around? And this probably not. Um, hold on.
2: I just took A.J. Brown because I had Aaron Jones at the top of the queue. Okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry, I, mean, I didn't is, have time to remember everything. I'm also one of the worst guests for live drafting stuff because I tend to talk through all the picks and someone's like, hey, we're on the, we're on the clock. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right.
2: I just, I just we No one seemed to want Aaron Jones. And so I went ahead and just grabbed A.J. Brown real quick. Um, that's okay i'm happy to to
1: i'm happy to get aj brown you (laughs) were right uh saquon went on the next pick so i do think it was a case there whichever we took wasn't going to get back to us so we have one pick to go here kyle pitts is in the queue with the likes of nick chubb javante williams mike williams would probably be my pick here but any other suggestions that you want to slot in for either of you guys uh i'm
2: i'm kind of good with with whatever we want here i I i think that you know Javante Williams is someone who obviously wrote of his loves, but you, you got to be a little bit concerned about what he's going to do with, with Melvin Gordon still in the fold. Nick Chubb, not really renowned pass catcher, but probably decent value here. Uh, and any particular lean for you, Rich, now that we're on the clock? We got 20-ish seconds.
3: Um, is Michael Pittman gone?
2: He just went before us.
3: Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy like I like to look to in this spot, especially when I start with a good running back uh, and you have a good receiver. Um, I uh, what do we got? I'm looking at your screen right here.
2: We got Pitts at the top. I could even do like Courtland Sutton.
3: Hmm. Yeah, so I mean,
1: how about
3: let's go? Let's try to let's do Hollywood Brown.
1: We actually just oh, just, you, t- oh,
3: you we, just, just we, we tied
1: timed out on Pitts. We're <laughs> going to have some fun on this draft. Uh, <laughs> we're going to keep tying it But uh, I think look, I'm. I'm a big fan of uh, pits. The problem I think is going to be like, I want to get a tight end in those first five rounds. We did have a draft last week with uh, Josh Larkey, And then when we got to later in the draft, I was kind of like, I wish I had taken TJ Hawkinson earlier in the draft to set up our build. So the, the player that I'm interested in your thoughts. So there that you mentioned is Michael Pittman. Um, you know, I've, I've heard Matt Harmon talking about him over the last couple of weeks as well. Somebody he likes Me and Zach actually did a show probably about, Three weeks or a month ago, Zach, where we said that he was somebody we shouldn't be drafting at his current ADP. His ADP has actually increased since that point. Uh, so I'm interested in your thoughts on Pittman for, for 2022. I think he finished wide receiver 14 last year. Do we see him making that leap into you know the, the wide receiver one category?
3: I think he just checks a, a number of objective boxes we look for. We we know the inherent volume is there. We know we want players that play for winning teams. I mean, this is a team that's got a 10-win total. They play in one of the worst divisions in the NFL. Uh, the, he's going he's gonna to have a great schedule lined up. Uh, he's got that big physical like kind of archetype we look for, the old road of his days, if you guys remember, when he used to be chubby chasers. But he's got that double-digit touchdown upside. He's also getting a massive quarterback upgrade. If you look at Matt Ryan last year, I know a lot of people like, Matt Ryan, oh, Matt Ryan. Look at Matt Ryan from a clean pocket last year, his on-target rate and clean pocket rate compared to, like, Carson Wentz where he was. It's a massive upgrade in terms of what he's going to see in terms of catchable targets, and we know the volume's going to be there. The ne- next two targets on the that the Colts had in terms of wide receivers that were with him last year were Zach Pascal and T.Y. Hilton. Both those guys are gone. Just Alec Pierce is there this year. So, I mean, he just checked so many objective boxes. Um that i just was trying to grab him and he's great for those saquon teams right especially if you could when we could open with jonathan taylor i know we're getting to week 17 bullshit here but you know you when you open jonathan taylor saquon michael pittman i mean you're off the you're off the running already man
1: yeah i think uh, that's a range (laughs) there where i think the wide receiver does get quite flat but he is somebody who's i think he i like him as a player i don't know if i like him as a draft pick at that point of of drafts but zach's going to be we got a comment here that uh Rich's internal clock uh just, he doesn't seem to have it for 30 second picks we're in that for the rest of the draft our internal clock is going to be called Zach Kruger <laughs> uh, I think that's what Zach was trying to do with so uh,
2: we're about to be on the clock we are right now I have Allen Robinson Gabe Davis and Terry McLaurin as wide receivers in the queue I have Brees Hall at running back also Zeke has fallen a little bit um along with Cam Akers where are we leaning right here what we say
1: I would lean towards Lamar Jackson or Rashad Bittman or Brees Hall. They'd be my three selections, but Rich and in this internal clock has 10 seconds to. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, list. Rich.
3: Who you got? I would say,
2: I would say Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. I, I think I'm okay, fine. Okay, well, we'll let
1: him have it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he I, was, I, I he was the other wide receiver, receiver back, that was on that obviously. show that we said don't draft it as current ADP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, I think that's fine because I, we at this point in time, the wide receiver room has actually been really kind of rather heavy early on. We've, we've got a lot of guys flying off the board already. And then on top of that, I like the Jackson and Bateman pick, but I'm kind of hoping that maybe one of them slips back to us, especially given that guys like Zeke and and Akers and McLaurin have essentially fallen past their ADPs. Maybe we get one of these guys back. Well, oh, we didn't. didn't. That's, that's actually great. We done. didn't. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> They're both gone. So, um I mean, man, Ezekiel Elliott here would almost be kind of interesting and also gross, given just his his slide. But is there anyone else we could take it's that with somebody we
1: could talk about? So, uh, what's your thoughts on him? He's not somebody that I'm trying to, to draft, but at this point, he's he's slipped quite a bit when we're talking about uniqueness. Elliott.
3: I mean, really, the only thing you can say about Ezekiel Elliott is if they didn't pull him off the damn field when he was playing hurt, only Nagier has played more snaps than him last year. If they didn't pull him off the damn field when he was openly talking about being hurt and that he was ineffective, I mean, how would we expect him to reduce his touches again this year? Like, that's, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's approaching that age, Apex, he's been in kind of a declining player in efficiency, really kind of the best thing you have kind of in your favor with Ezekiel Elliott is that you know like he gets all those money touches right like he gets all that use inside the 10-yard line that's kind of like the the feather in his cap right now is that if the Cowboys are going to be good he's going to score a good portion of the touchdowns
2: so do, are we fine with taking him 13 picks past mm-hmm. ADP here is it, do we like that
3: yeah sure let's I do mean, it I, the, the I'm, McCorm- I'm letting, Rick, McCorm- I'm letting Rick,
1: Rick drive this show today uh <laughs> Yeah, McClaur- oh, I, didn't make
3: t- I didn't make any picks in the second or third round. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: no, I, I I think we should go with, with Zeke here. Um he he, he did slide. McLaurin i heard you ask about him, Rich. He went just a couple picks before okay. us.
3: And um this is cool. This is probably totally against half of the teams you guys draft because all, all these guys are over twenty five
1: yeah we've also they're my first uh, times picking them this year so i'm getting <laughs> getting that very variant on exposure so but no we'll see how we'll see how it plays out um i think it's this is an interesting range when we get into this point i mentioned lamar jackson depending on where he goes like you know third quarterback is where i expect him to go i would rather him not be going in the, the fourth round but that is where he tends to go i think if any of the likes of Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray managed to get back to us here in the sixth, I think they would be very interesting players to get um, that quarterback there. Uh, how do you feel about this range, though? So obviously, he did take the Allen Robinson selection, and obviously he hasn't been in an offense as good as the, the Rams really in his career. Really checked out last season with Chicago. They treated him badly. He decided he wasn't really going to play for them. But, you know, obviously he's been with the Jaguars, and he hasn't really had a full, I guess, you know, efficient offense to play in. But we see this range where it is Robinson, Davis, Metcalf. Then we get into Bateman, who I really do like heading into this second season now with Moore no longer there. But we have Terry McLaurin, who is obviously the, the quarterback and contract issues. We have Brandon Cooks, who is probably offense issues, but I think he still in a pretty good spot. Not in on Cooper, not in on Mooney all that much. Juju could, you know, hit with the Chiefs. You know, there's a lot of question marks in this range. How do you feel when we get into that spot? Like, I'm, I'm not looking to draft Ezekiel Elliott, but at that point, I was tempted to go with Dobbins or Hall would have been the other options that I would have given you. I'm not really, outside of Bateman in that range, I'm not really diving into any of those wide receivers.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, again, we, we want to target players that play in good teams. I hate to distill it so simply, but like, you know – Look at the history of guys that perform well on fantasy football. The teams that score more touchdowns win games, and they lead more fantasy points. Uh, so, like, some of these guys get really kind of dicey in, the, in that area, especially when, when you're trying to elevate guys. Uh, Allen Robinson particularly I think is, is, is more interesting because of the way he was utilized last year. He's going to be playing in a different system. So look at this last year. 40% of his routes were strictly slants and curls last year. 40%. Think of how ludicrous that is. Uh, on those targets, 5.9 yard average depth of target on those. Uh, in the Sean McVay offense, he'll be playing purely outside because you know they have a pretty good interior wide receiver there that isn't going anywhere. So the route diversity is going to jump. Even in the Rams offense in totality, just 20% of the routes run by all the Rams pass catchers were just slants and curls. That that doesn't exist in this offense. Uh, no team in more air yards on digs, post, go, and crossing routes. The most fantasy-friendly routes in the Rams. Uh well, I guess who was last in the NFL on terms of air yards in those routes? Bet you guess it was the Bears. Uh so he's going from the team that was first from the team that he's bottom. So he's gonna get a lot more terms of fantasy friendly routes. He's probably never gonna push 150 targets again. But in these best ball leagues, like that's that's where you want to target. We want that upside. We want those upside targets. I mean, that's the thing with um you talked about the quarterback. That's why I love getting Marquise Brown where we were, is because those Cardinal it, stacks are so naturally easy to build.
1: I love Zach trying to nip I'm trying me. to tell you guys what wrong I, I don't mind if you don't get seconds. to nip on because I wanted a Jalen Hurts here. So I don't mind if you don't get to. <laughs> okay.
2: <this> <laughs> let's take Jalen Hurts here. I'm trying to like politely like interrupt Rich while also, you know, trying to get the pick in. So let's go Jalen Hurts here. Um, we're going to run it back here in just a couple of picks. Um, so we, we got Hurts. We got a stack with him and AJ Brown. I actually rather like that. We lost Kyler Murray a couple of picks before. Um, which is fine. I and mean, we, we don't currently have a Cardinal on roster. Um, Having two
3: wide receivers at this point is pretty, pretty sketchy.
1: Yeah. Oh, especially it? especially with how <laughs> heavy it is. Yeah.
2: We're, we're all going to be panicking in a little bit, but I, I went ahead and queued up several wide receivers. Um, there, there's a couple guys who I didn't queue up like uh, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. I think for obvious reasons, I'm not really sure that either of them fit our build given how light we are at the position, but I, I am intrigued by any of the guys of IU, Hunter Renfro, Russell Gage, I can scroll down further, but we're getting into Christian Kirk, Sky Moore territory here, which would be a little bit dicey. Um, If any of these guys in the queue make it back to us, would you would we take one of them over some of the other guys we have remaining? They're not even going to make it back. I can. Well,
3: I know that you skipped over, but. Both, both Hopkins and Michael Thomas give us week seventeen correlation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. Uh, in, in different ways, you have Hopkins with Pitts. The one different thing I will say about Hopkins is I think he's great for these best ball formats because he's not a player. We're not. He's not hurt. Like there's no. There's no debate like well, how healthy will DeAndre Hopkins be when he comes back and plays? Like, he's going to just be back and healthy. Whereas, like, we still have to kind of get this runway. The one thing I will say about Michael Thomas, though, is I feel like this is the period to draft him. Because if he does show up to training camp in any capacity, there's no way he hangs around wide receiver 36. There's do just no way.
2: Do we want him here then over? I, yeah. The only thing I'll say honestly,
1: is this team for me is off the rails enough at this point that, you know, I'm willing to let Rich go with Michael Thomas.
2: Yeah, let let's do that. Let's let's do Michael Thomas here. Like at this that point in time, did someone take Hopkins? Yeah. Someone took Hopkins at seventy three. So we just missed him. At, at this point in time, we're kind of between either one of these running backs or which we don't really need, or Russell Gage or Michael Thomas. I think logically just playing this out, if we assume that both of these guys hit to their capacity, which one's gonna actually hit way better, it's gonna be Michael Thomas. So Given that we, I'm
1: going to i to beat this drum again, Zach, as well. If we hadn't have taken Kyle Pitts, we could have drafted TJ Hawkinson here.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: Why did you take Kyle Pitts? Uh, the clock ran out.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my my fault. I was talking through the pick, probably. But yeah, <laughs> we definitely should have went wide receiver.
2: Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll awesome. be fine though. We we can always correlate uh, Kyle Pitts with one of his. Uh, Quarterback teammates who who you know largely go yes. on draft the yeah. final round so we can sneak that one in if we really want we to.
1: we get Mariota in there towards the end and um, so, so at the moment we are we are I think we have one tight entry, uh, wide receivers two running backs and one quarterback. Um, where are we thinking that we need to go here, Zach, over wide the receivers? next couple of rounds? Just yeah, the problem uh, yeah. is, and, and this is yeah. obviously we said like we were thin at wide receiver and I think Zach was the one that said we we're going to start to, to panic in a moment I feel like this is how people who draft running backs early feel when they don't have enough running backs at this point I you know we're the opposite we're like we don't have enough wide yeah, receiver yeah, yeah. at this point. Um and I feel like a lot of the time when we do these builds a lot of the favorite guys that I'm looking to, to try and draft them. They'll be going in this round, like you know Devin Singletary, for example. There's a, there's a lot of running backs that will go in the next three rounds where we're going to have to kind of try and think about the wide receiver position, and I think that the wide receiver position is going to be pretty flat here. So I'm really interested to see how it plays out. The other thing I think we can do is look to get that second quarterback here in the, the quarterback window um, and, and see how things play out. But you're in the queue, Zach, you're you're managing that. Who are who are our options here as we're, we're five picks away?
2: So I have a ton of wide receivers in here. I'll just go ahead and rattle them off real quick. I'm still adding a few more to the queue, but are there um, any
1: good wide receivers in it?
2: No. no. we haven't seen a good wide receiver <laughs> since round two. Um we have well oh, now they're just flying off the board. Right now we still have surviving uh MVS, Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Chase Claypool. I actually wouldn't be mad if Olave or Garrett Wilson made it back to us. Like there's I would have loved
3: any of those guys that just went. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, I'd also like those
2: guys. Um and then I did. I did put in Matthew Stafford in here. Just another quarterback. We do have him with Allen Robinson. He'd be a fine pick here at his ADP. So if we wanted another quarterback, we could go there.
1: Um, I thought you were going to tell us that the, he had roster flexibility options and we could play him at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Well, you
2: never know. Let me let me pull up our queue here real quick since we're almost on the clock we we'll try to get this. But, uh, I, I do here.
1: think Stafford is somebody who comes into play at this point. If you're looking to stack things up, I think then I mean, kind of us we the If we didn't from.
3: take Kyle Pitts, we could have Dallas Goddard here and have the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard stack. Uh
1: we have to back. Hold on. Who
3: do we want here? Who
2: do we want here? We have 13 seconds. Who do we want here? here.
1: I would probably lean to Stafford and then that because we're going to need extra picks for a wide receiver position. And I think if we lock into a, a bye weeks, week seven, we can't do that. Scrap that. Take Garrett Wilson. <laughs> I would say, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I think, we, I think we're going to get Stafford. We missed. No, it don't up. take Stafford. Were we too late? Oh, okay. No, the up. reason I'm saying that it's a week seven bye. So now we do need to. No, oh, what take a nightmare. So we're going to be in a little bit of trouble here. But we guys, will figure it out. Guys, we have, um, we're
2: vets here, guys. Yeah. allegedly
1: so, i think we're, we're too relaxed today i think that's what's what's happening i mean
3: i blame Kyle pitt's pick for just this derailing this whole thing
1: that's it was going perfect up to that point <laughs> all right i'm um, gonna log off <laughs> so i i look in here at the the options we do have i do think that there's three picks before us and i was about to say hopefully one of those wide receivers gets to us we have one option now and garrett wilson we'll see how it plays if it gets to him if it doesn't like it's it's a lot of wide receiver or running back options that are available to us. If we if we don't really get Wilson, how do you feel about Robert Woods? If that's where we had to go um, at this point,
3: with our with our um, veteran
1: squad that we're drafting.
3: I mean, it's it's pretty gross. Uh, absolutely, like I mean, at least like I can I can point to like the upside of like a uh, like one of the older guys. I don't know where Robert Woods' upside lies going from the. Number one EPA passing team in the NFL for so the Titans. Uh, it's really tough. It's really tough to kind of glom on there, but we are in dire straits at this point. Uh, we almost. Uh, we might have to just just punt the third quarterback too and just say screw I, it. I
1: think we're going. I do honestly think we may have to. I, I would probably still Let's even. Yeah. yeah, even with everything considered, I would probably still lean to Garden or Singletary here and get another one of these running backs. Um, Reeves? Tyler Boyd's the other option that I would pitch in there. Yeah, he, he should be there. We Let's would think go for Tyler Boyd. Let's do Boyd, and we'll see how we get on. We do. We just need those wide receivers to get things back on track here. Um, we got Boyd. The, the brand is in uh, the brand is in, <laughs> in tatters here as we <laughs> go through the draft. Um, I mean, well, the,
3: I mean, Tyler Boyd is a he's the road of his favor, is not he? he always
1: yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> look, okay, there's a lot of things here. There's players that we have drafted that I'm, you know, not that optimistic about, but I could also be very wrong. And one of the things that Sean is always very good at when we're doing our podcast, you know, we are going to be wrong on a lot of this stuff. Like Michael Thomas, like you said, could come back and train in training camp. And maybe this is the one share of them that I have that ends up, you know, bringing us to the promised land and winning this tournament. Um, we do have a little bit of time before we get to that next pick. If you are watching and watching along, hit that like button on today's video zach i'm interested in your thoughts as we've run through the team here so far how are you feeling uh as this draft progresses
2: let's keep rich on for another draft after this one so we can get something we feel good about um no. (laughs) (laughs) no i i don't think it's actually that bad i mean there's there's certainly a couple things that you know that when when you're doing these live streams you have to kind of embrace the madness of it all a little bit with some of the things not going as planned the 30 second clock is hard but with that being said I'm not completely mad about our wide receiver group, even though I think we would agree we'd like for it to be a little bit better. Um, we 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 at least have three of uh, our four wide receivers on pretty decent offenses. Uh, maybe Michael Thomas surprises us and it's that fourth wide receiver on on a decent offense if something happens there. So I don't hate that. Uh, Kyle Pitts, hopefully he's at least a target hog there. And then we have two good running backs in theory. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott value I think is is well worth the selection there. And then you're never going to be wrong or upset with getting CMC at the fourth overall pick. So uh, I, th- I think right now I would actually want to have a conversation, at least a little bit of considering, do we just punt quarterback for one week? I think we have try- to, I think we yeah. have to. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily am gonna feel good enough about getting a third quarterback late just because we have a bye week and and for
3: what for week seven, like-
2: <laughs> right? Like week seven, like like I think week seven is also like one of the most bye week heavy weeks of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So like there's there's gonna be a lot of teams that I think they're gonna be down.
1: It'll it, actually improve our uniqueness as well. Um- <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: so it's gonna, the, it's gonna be the most unique ro- roster in the entire uh, the entire tournament <laughs> that's right <laughs>
2: i i don't completely i don't completely hate the roster so i i'm okay i think if we can hand hammer a couple more wide receivers here we're gonna be okay my
1: my big thing when you're doing drafts is when you get to a point like at the 10th round your team can look good but you will lose your draft from this point forward so i still think that we can round this out quite strongly as we we finish things out uh krisky you sent embrace the minus 20 so he's just sent to he says here don't be afraid of the buy so maybe we will run through that i'm interested uh he's gone i was about to say singletary met it oh, all we're way on the back.
2: clock here yeah Hold on a second. singletary
1: met it, it all the way back and we're going to really put ourselves under pressure here rondell moore would be the the pick for me here unless we want to
3: yeah i'm i was just looking at rondell moore gives us a little bit of the kyle pitts run back and maybe some upside uh it, it's yeah i'm i'm all the way locked in on rondell That's
2: a good call. I like that
1: one. I I think too, like, I think that um, Marquise Brown, and obviously we talked there a little bit about Hopkins and his suspension, but I think there's still ways that we could potentially see Rondell be the top scoring wide receiver in that offense. I know the way last year's season finished, that was not positive at all, but I think, like, he's still going severely discounted versus what we were what we were expecting like last year he was a 13th round pick he's a, a late 10th early 11th round pick this year so I think he could still be under- do you do you have much hope for Rondell this year you said you were all in on the pick but is that because we have no wide receivers so far
3: well I, I like him in these formats he's probably not a guy come August I will draft really on any teams um, just because he's not my type of player I mean he what he was last year in the NFL is what he was in college like there's no, nothing changed Uh, he, he's a low, a dot needs functionary passes at the line of scrimmage. He needs a lot of them. He just needs a lot more targets than his wide receiver peers. And that's the type of player he is. It's the arc type of player he is. Uh, I think he's great for these types of formats and, you know, and you get him in your stacks at this price, but I mean, come August, like he's going to be a guy you won't get right in a weekly league. Like the week you start him, he's going to have six points and the week you bench him, he's going to have 18
1: like and i hate those types of players yeah they're the worst <laughs> he, he kind of he probably mightn't have the extreme upside of the deshaun or jackson weeks but uh he feels to me like that sort of player that best ball is definitely the area to be selecting them we are one pick away there's some wide receiver options here we do like uh we probably could look towards a second tight end but given the fact that we drafted kyle Pitts so early in this draft i think i'll probably wait so I would probably lean towards Crowder here, um, or else we have the option of of Gusecki. Anyone else that you're liking? There is some zero RB names there as well, but I think
2: I like Crowder. I'll just say that um, over Williams, Reeves?
1: Yeah, Hartman Crowder. Uh, what else?
3: What else we got at wide receiver? Let's go Crowder uh, before we mess up uh, again. <laughs> yeah, on? we're,
2: we're going to time out there. Um, but but I like <laughs> I, I, the one <laughs> nice thing though. Yeah, the one nice thing, though, I do like about Crowder is I do think that he's still going to see a decent amount of target volume and a very valuable slot role that we've seen for Buffalo over the last several years with Cole Beasley. Also, um, if I'm not mistaken, Week 17 correlation between uh, Crowder and Boyd, we know that's obviously what we want above anything else. So, uh, <laughs> All I'll right, listen, with...
3: some guys to put – put some of these guys in the queue. Give uh, them to me. Van Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, Joshua Palmer – this is just like create some correlation and then some, uh, the, the stacks we already have. Obviously, if you if you have Van, he's going to be on the field with Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson gets hurt, you have, there's a lot of ways for that to work out for us. Uh, Joshua Palmer obviously is a late season correlation runback with the Rams guys. Um, and then KJ Osborne, I just think, is extremely undervalued at this point. I mean, this is a team that's going to live in 11 personnel this year. He's going to be a full time player. The, uh they they ran 380 more plays at 11 personnel than the vikings ran last year so he's going to be on the field the entire time plus you have the incentive of if anything happens to thielen or justin jefferson which we don't want to ever happen but like he's it's another bump like we saw with Thielen last year oh yeah
2: um mm-hmm. can can we put jalen tolber in the queue just as a we have
1: to how far are you scrolling down here zach at the moment
3: I was just saying this to sit guys. Uh, the I'm at, this is not the pull guys for the next pick. It was literally just like, hey, throw these guys in here. So when we're I I talk us through the next pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: no, they're all they're all at ADP. So we're we're gonna be able to actually take one of these guys here to answer your question, calm. How far down am I? I have uh, Baltimore Ravens rookie wide receiver Mark Clayton um, currently. About our next <laughs> that's our next pick. Is how far down I've gotten. So.
3: I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't catch. Where did uh, Dobbins go in this draft after yesterday?
2: He just went fifty fifth overall in the fifth round. Uh, looks like after Breeze
3: Hall,
1: he went ahead of Acres. Yeah. W- w- yeah, one round back, four picks.
3: Yeah, very interesting because it seems to be the consensus from multiple people is that he's not going to start the year.
2: Yeah, I, I saw something he might actually be a candidate for the pup list, where right. he right. missed the first six games. So that's yeah. not. He is, He My had an ACL season.
3: plus LCL surgery. It wasn't just ACL surgery. Uh, Chow said he was a pup candidate. I saw and remember the pup this year is four games, not six, uh, to start oh, is it? Year. Okay, okay. So keep that in mind too. But I did see. I was curious to see where after yesterday he was going to start going though, like where he'd start dipping. Yeah, I don't. Is that but is a, that a can't of the said, slide?
1: yeah there can be a case too like you know it could be a one draft sample maybe in another draft he makes it to the sixth round for example but i still think like we're seeing some guys with like you know we're seeing godwin and that you know still going a pretty high draft slot so you know I, I don't think people are taking into. i always talk about you know playstation games and things like that where people don't consider the injuries as actual injuries they just expect everyone to come back and i do think that when Adrian Peterson came back from his injury that time, I think it really skewed people's perception of players going back from, from injury. A lot of people do struggle. Like, you know, being a Packers fan, like David Bakhtiari never really got back last year, even after a year of of being, you know, recovering players don't always recover. So um, can you scroll down the board just a little bit, Zach? It's it's showing just a little bit high there.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna flip and us and over the surprise our Q. that we're
1: on the we're on the clock on the next pick. So that was we almost
2: are. So I wanted to get sicky possibly here. We do have some of uh Reeb's guys. We can go Van Jefferson here and get some other people added in the queue if we wanted to. I,
1: I'm happy to do that based on having having Stafford and uh, Robinson there.
2: Yeah. Are you good with Van Jefferson here, Reeves?
3: Yeah, sure. That sounds
2: good. All right, so let's we'll let that time out just so we can get another pick in here. Where do we want to go then after that? Our our tight ends are getting thin. Uh, probably worth noting that Pitts has a week fourteen bye, so we probably don't want someone like Cole Komet. Uh, But we got we got Hunter Henry. It's it's kind of actually rough out here in the tight end streets at the moment. We well, we're
1: to just fed now the bye week, so we should we should get some of those week fourteen bye tight ends as well. This, yeah. this
3: team probably would have better off getting two good tight ends the way the receivers went.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah. would I had I had kind of thought about that earlier. Um, when the the ones I would be trying to target, um, are a little bit later, and that's Fant and Everett are probably the two tight ends I think at this point to be my targets. Have you any late tight ends, uh, Reeves, that you're you're looking to target this year? I mean, I don't know about so much as late. I mean,
3: obviously, you know, Njoku, Irv Smith. I mean, even if even if uh, Deshaun Watson gets suspended, I think Joku could pick as an EP. I mean. Look at in the history of quarterbacks, only two quarterbacks have targeted tight ends more than Jacoby Brissett. So if that happens, like we're, you know, I still think Njoku has a big runway, uh, playing with another wide receiver, one that's on like the age apex, uh, really no good wide receiver twos on that roster yet that have established themselves. I still like him, uh, any of the guys you can attach to the quarterbacks, right? Like you you get Gerald Everett in these, right? Like you're never going to start Gerald Everett in your season-long league, but you just get his best weeks. They come along with him
1: here. So you, you give I'm going to two, pitch two options here. with 15 seconds. You don't have Maybe. them in the queue, but I I would go Spiller or Gainwell here to because we, we do just have the two. Uh, have you any preference of Spiller well, or Spiller Gainwell?
3: Well, Spiller has way more three-down upside than Gainwell hundred percent,
1: yeah. yeah. No, I would
3: agree
2: <laughs> right. with that. Yeah. We, right. we, did, we went ahead and went with Spiller there. I, I actually had Henderson in the queue also as a late ad just for – Obviously, what we now have is every Rams player. Um, in the Rams end. chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, now that we have that, too, that's actually a really good point as well. So we have that. Um, one thing I was looking at for our roster, maybe we need to figure out what we want our next couple of picks to be here real quick. So if we're going to agree that we're going to punt a third quarterback, then we're locked in there at QB. Are we doing a two tight end build, would we probably say at this point in time with with pitches our one? We probably don't need a second.
1: I, I think if we get Everett, third. yeah. Well, and Joku's still somebody who may come back to us, but I think between him, Everett, and Fant will be the tree that I read and Everett and Fant are probably gonna be at the next swing back. Yeah. Listen, just add
3: Higby. Let's just get all the Rams that aren't Cooper Cup. That's
1: another so yeah, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if Cooper we...
3: Cup gets hurt. This will be the team. This will yeah. be the squad.
1: We're fading <laughs> cup, that's what it is.
3: <laughs> the the fall fade Cooper Cup team.
2: We knew that we knew that cup wouldn't work out. So we just got everyone else. We
3: had all the other rounds.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: That's great. Um, give us a run through the wide receivers we've ended up with, Zach, at this point. Um, I think I think we'll start to feel a little bit better about how things are playing out at this at this stage.
2: Yeah. So we got seven wide receivers right now. We have AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, Rondale Moore, Jameson Crowder, and Van Jefferson. Uh, also fun funnily enough, maybe, uh, of our seven wide receivers, four of them are also on week seven by, so we're really going to be getting a a hit at week seven with essentially no quarterback and four of our, four of our seven wide receivers. They're
3: all the Rams. They're all Rams players. They are. They are. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean,
2: I I guess that gives everyone a chance to catch up for one week before we just continue (laughs) to plow through the league and on the way to the, the Millie. But, um, yes, seven wide receivers right now, two QBs, three running backs and a single tight end right now.
1: Rob messages into that Rams are maybe one of the two or three teams where you can get away with a four stack as well, and you you kind of hinted at it, uh, Rich. But like we have a team here that's stacked with Rams without Cup, and I think you know that could be pretty unique as well. I think a lot of people will be starting with him and then right. trying to push the other elements into it. Um, we have now three running backs. I do think that we probably will go for four to five running backs. I think Zach in this build to to see how things play out. I do think we should put some consideration into avoiding some players with Week Seven at the, the wide receiver position if we take any more. As uh, we get a, a comment in here from Miami, Mike can't wait for Week Seven. So we'll we'll see how we how we fare in, in Week Seven there. But I think that it's looking a lot more positive than it was just five rounds ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. We we certainly need to get a couple of these guys to hit and give us you know, some some productive weeks, you know, maybe early on at wide receiver, but overall, I, I, I don't dislike it. The, the other thing, too, is our team, in theory, should be heavily boosted by great running back production. Um, if, if either of those happens, and hopefully the, the proper mixture of wide receivers and guys whose profiles we largely like, or at least we like them at their ADP for what we got them at, like, I, I think that the mixture of it could still, you know, work out well enough for us that that'll be it'll, it'll be a good start.
1: We we did call it out, but uh, we have five picks left in this draft. We are definitely punting the, the quarterback spot here for week seven.
2: Yeah, I think so. Let's actually. I'm gonna give us a little there bit of time.
3: something that stands out.
2: Here's what we're working at. We have a couple guys ahead of us on the clock. I have a few few uh, tight ends in the queue. I have no wide receivers in there at the moment. Um, is there any leans that we have as we get ready to hit the clock here to make sure we get what we want?
1: hamler would be the one that's there and potentially david bell out of the four wide receivers that are on view um have you anyone that you feel strongly about Do you want to scroll down through those just to see there's Will Will fuller still last
3: yeah i mean yeah maybe this team takes the swing on will fuller we hope for the best that he signs the packers yeah we're on the clock now so we're
2: on the clock now so where do we want to go right here um, hey, I mean, Will Fuller, we, we could always take him. I, would, I would be, be fine, ahead.
3: honestly, it would be fine just like on this team throwing a Hail Mary on Will Fuller or even Sammy Watkins, uh, because he would fit this old the old receiver so well. But just throwing a dart on someone that plays on a good team, right? Uh, uh I don't mind Hamler either, he's another one of those guys, probably not going to start the year, but it doesn't matter if he doesn't start the year at this point, as his ADP. Right, right. He he
1: did go a few picks before, so I probably would have took oh, okay. Hamer then Fuller. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting when you clicked on Will Fuller, the last piece of news for him is that he wasn't Unlikely to return in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was just gonna ask because we haven't
3: heard anything about him. He tweeted in February, I think it was Instagram, he was having another finger surgery, and that was like the last time we heard from him at all.
1: At this <laughs> point, it might be better if he removes that finger we just get. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: just be a four.
3: And you think about four four how he went through last off season too. I mean, he'd come off that career year, and he definitely was going to be spending for one game. But he basically didn't really garner a lot of interest in free agency last year either, coming off of his career year, which probably isn't a good, a good pair with what's going on this off season.
1: Yeah, he signed that one year deal, hoping to get up. But we'll take the pressure off Zach here. He is. We are on the clock again. We have Fant and Higby, and I think that. I think we now need to time to to lock in. How, yeah, let's do Higby. Let's
3: do Higby.
1: Do we want to do Higby when it is week seven? Or do oh, we is it week seven? It? Yeah. Do, do we? Well, that's our tight way. end's not week seven, is it? No, no. he's not. It's just so many
2: week sevens. But we can go Higby and just really embrace all the
1: Rams. Okay. I was just thinking that we might get a couple of extra points that week. But no, don't, that's don't worry. True. We'll, just, we'll take the zero in week seven, and we'll move along. Yeah, I mean – when yeah,
2: we've we are smashing
1: everybody with ramps. Did, did, Gerald, everett go? did Gerald everett go? Everett had gone. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. one of the comments that come in was to to take uh, to take Everett, but he had he had gone he would have been the
3: lap. inverse, the all LA label. Uh, yeah, no, I would
1: have loved he he was the guy that I was hoping to get and uh, Sean is drafting a huge amount of Everett this year as his kind of second tight end. So I, you know I'm, I'm gonna tail that one throughout the throughout the summer. Um Joe Smomess is in Hamler and the the Locket role. I think it's gonna be interesting to see how this Broncos offense kicks off this season. I'm I'm really excited to see these wide receivers. Like I think that Judy and Sutton and Hamler are all very talented. I think Tim Patrick has shown enough as well. And he's after getting a big contract, obviously. Then we have Albert O'Cuabunham. There's just so many, you know, Javante Williams. There's so many exciting players. i'm I'm the whole line
3: is is way better than what he had in seattle (laughs) yeah
1: it's just like wilson has never been in this situation but these wide receivers have also never been in this situation like that you know they've played with a a lot of bad quarterbacks so i'm very excited for the for for the broncos and how that kicks off this year it might not be as good as we're hoping but i think it's going to be very very good (laughs)
3: Yeah, and you get the AFC Arms West, you know, when they play in those interdivision (laughs) games. I mean, all those games should be on primetime. Every primetime week should be – if AFC West teams play each other, it should be a primetime game.
1: Yeah, no, I think – and it looked like it was going to be a situation where, you know, the Chiefs had kind of got so far ahead and the Chargers with Herbert have kind of got pretty close to them. But I thought the Raiders were going to be, like, completely out, and then they just decided we're going to – go and trade for Devontae Adams and, and make The a Raiders are going to be
3: interesting because
1: they have built
3: like a decent... The, the people, Their defensive front actually is pretty decent too, but their offensive line is maybe one of the worst in the NFL. They did nothing to address it this offseason as well. And it's going to be really interesting to see if that's kind of going to be their undoing. The Chiefs are interesting because we had talked about this for years with Davis Like I think the Chiefs did a really bad job outside of last, last offseason of really building around that roster. I think that they didn't... They did what Seattle did. I mean, they gave away a bunch of first round picks. They didn't, you know, when w- they did this with Russ, right? Like, and, you know, I feel like the Chiefs didn't do a good job of bringing enough influx of young talent into that roster. And maybe that catches up to them. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe right,
1: like, I, I assume you mean with the rookie contract for Mahomes. Yeah. Or? And, yeah. you know,
3: yeah. their their draft class last year, the year before, was their best. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they, they at least re- retooled that offensive line and were able to do that. But that roster. Is kind of was kind of devoid of talent and bringing in talent, you know. When you, you yeah. trade for Frank Clark, and stuff, it's like, I, I mean, Mahomes is that good, and I mean, I have so much faith in Andy Reid. But yeah, it is interesting that the place that the Chiefs have put themselves in now, especially now having to move off of Tyree Kill.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. And the other part that I think is going to be interesting with the the Raiders side of things. I know they make a trade and it's a lot of fun, and they get Devontae Adams. But you know, you are mentioning the offensive line and things like that. It'll be interesting seeing know three to four years how that plays out there's a lot of times we see these trades and immediately their their reaction is one team has made the right decision here and, and often a couple of years down the line it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the Packers and the Raiders over the coming years but uh, I, I thought the Raiders were going to kind of try and retool things and, and kind of break everything down but the, they went the opposite way and, and threw all their eggs into the or all their chips into the center of the table who are you looking at here Zach as we we wait in the next. Uh,
2: so, of picks. so, I wanted to ask a quick question so I knew how to address the queue um, in the next couple of picks here. But are we agreed? Probably two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and then we have 14 other players to decide between running back and wide receiver. Because I'm, I'm thinking right now we do something either like a two, five, nine, two build, I think, if my math is correct there, um, as, probably as opposed to a two, six, eight, two build. I think we probably still need another wide receiver given how top heavy are running back. So I, I would be more partial to the 2592 build um, at this point in time, if everyone else is good with that. And then because of that, I have guys like JD McKissick on the clock, obviously just gonna be a PPR guy. And then I even am pretty partial to Brian Robinson in a lot of ways, if there's anyone else here who wants to chime in
1: real quick. And any thoughts on Marlon Mack as the other player, Rich? Will, yeah, in seconds.
3: Yeah, I don't mind him. We're in that zone uh, of, of throwing those kind of darts. Any preference
2: here?
3: Uh, I would say, I mean, if you're looking for like potential touchdowns, I would say Brian Robinson would be the best bet at like running into some touchdowns.
2: Yeah. I I, I went with him. So, so I, that, I that, is that part was your of the preference
1: reason. as well. Was it Zach?
3: I'm very high on Brian
2: Robinson. Just probably only as the, the guy who's in DC and has heard way too much about commanders talk and what they're planning on doing, but I am very much just kind of convinced that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to at least find the short yardage goal line touchdowns. I, I don't know how much the, the team is is in love with Antonio Gibson the way we are in the fantasy community, or at least the way we used to be. So um, I, I think from that perspective, I think he's going to see an opportunity to get a lot of punch in scores. And then I think if, if Gibson were to go down at any point in time, I think that's going to be the Brian Robinson show Hopefully in a decent offense, if the offense sucks, then, you know, it might be a, a hard pick to stomach some weeks. But I I personally like Brian Robinson just because of the the role I think he'll have early in the season, even if Gibson is healthy. And then if 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 Gibson were to go down at any point, I think he kind of becomes a, a guy who's at least going to fall into some double-digit carries in, in the, the weeks that Gibson is out.
1: We, uh, we are one pick away. There's not a huge amount of exciting options here for us. Uh, I kind of like Marlon Mack here. We just talked about him last round. The- I, I'll go I'll Marlon Mack if you want. The other player, I suppose, <laughs> is, is Chenault. Oh, Should Chenault? Not-
3: uh, what about uh, Philip Lindsay? Is he gone too? Uh, I doubt it. He's not gone. You can add him to the queue. He'll probably still be there. I mean, he's just literally just... I mean, if you look at the guys behind Jonathan Taylor, he would have to be the next guy up, I would think.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we can, we can, we can put him in there. I, I like having him in there. I actually haven't even considered Lindsay a lot. Do we think he's going to make it through? The uh, do we think we'll make it through training camp and actually find the roster spot on there?
3: Is like the RB three. I mean, it's wide open there. There's no one else good there. Yeah. The only
1: the only player really they have like they have obviously Hines who's going to catch passes, but I, Deion I think Jackson. They, they still need somebody. It's going to be there yeah. behind taylor um like I'm the thing with the thing with martin mack that i'm finding interesting is like obviously the texans are going to be bad i would assume this year and i would also like but he feels to me like somebody who in previous years would be like and almost pushed up to the dead so you know with uh some of these running backs and he is just a forgotten man like he is likely to get quite a, a bit of work but you know, there's a difference in taking them in the, the 10th round and taking them in the 17th round. But, uh, yeah, not not a very exciting pick, but I think the way we're going with our – we want to keep that age up. We want to keep our <laughs> team age up here. <laughs> uh, so I'll add in Martin Mack. Uh, we have one pick left. I think we probably do try and see if there is a, a, a wide receiver of interest here. But um, who are yeah, some – Yeah, what do
3: we have here? Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Devin, yeah. du- Devin Duvernay. uh
2: let me let me give you the read, and you just tell me, <laughs> let me. You just tell me yes or no for this final wide receiver pick here. So we got OBJ, Duvernay, Peoples, Jones. Should we add any of them in there? Let's. Yes or no.
3: I mean, I have a problem with some of those guys as a hail mary. Yeah,
2: we have Justin Ross. We have Brian Edwards, Romeo Dubes, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe he's interesting. Uh, we do have we do have Crowder. So maybe what about
3: uh, what about the, the Quez Watkins?
1: Quez, yeah, Quez is definitely available. We'll put him in the queue. Um, you can get really unique in these last few rounds. You can just draft people who won't be drafted in ninety-eight percent of the other drafts.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Quez will be—he's a week seven guy, obviously, because he—he's uh, another part of our Eagles. Mm-hmm. So that, um, kinda, that might hurt us.
2: What? What about like Ty, like? I mean, some of these guys who aren't getting drafted, like we joke about how gross they sound, but like, Velus Jones, Tyquan Thornton, like. If these are guys who might actually. I play, think Taquan
1: Thorton should be getting drafted. I definitely think so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like he's a, he's available. He might fall to us. Uh, you know, we joke about Bayless Jones. Like the reality is, Chicago he would re- is he would actually
1: increase now. our age as well. He would he would increase.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our average age jumps to sixty nine after yeah. we do yeah. the, yeah. friends, <laughs> the We have better. We have veterans
3: younger than him though. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we yeah, no, it. I think uh, I was I was kind of holding off to see how it played out, but I think Thornton um is is the ideal sort of pick to be taken at this point where there's really no opportunity cost, but there's a high you know upside to a player like that. I really think in these last couple of rounds, I know we took Martin back in the last round, but you want to be taking young players who the the upside is there. Uh, we do get a call out as well about Shakir as well um as a possible option, Isaiah McKenzie, who you mentioned does go off the board there so um i think you want to be looking at, at at the upside so we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of rounds and brevin jordan goes off the board uh yeah the texans are going to yeah, be bad but i think actually. he's in the as well do we do we manage to get uh the option of Thornton there we
2: just lost him dude this we guy's listening him. to us probably so i have dpj in there I, we could go with reed's pick of of Watkins. it hurts us for week seven and we could take
3: but... well well the week seven hurts us but so we take people's jones because the the niner yeah. He's basically like poor man's MVS. is really what he is. He's he's Cleveland Marcus Valdez scaling
1: An MVS is now rich man's MVS also. And, and,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, I was joking with Dwayne McFarland that the last time MVS was a top 60 wide receiver pick, it, it didn't end very, very well. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to it's
1: going to be interesting to see how it plays out here. Um The one thing before we get into looking at the team that I wanted to ask you about is there's, we obviously um, took Will Fuller, you know, the likes of Julio Jones was another player who um, is unsigned at the moment. There's quite a few veteran unsigned wide receivers. How are you feeling about targeting them? I think the likes of Jones when he gets signed, I, I don't know how much is left in the tank, but when he gets signed, I would expect him to jump, you know, two to three rounds in terms of his current ADP. And you mentioned with Michael Thomas, if he showed up to training camp, you know, there's some of these veterans, I think we could see large shifts in ADP over the, the next two months.
3: Yeah, we're I mean, our training camps are still five weeks away. Yeah. I mean, veteran training camps, there's a lot that can happen. And we've just, we're taking a lot of stuff. Like we talked about Dobbins thing, right? Like what if Dobbins is there? Like, you know, there's a lot of things that we just don't know. We're going to be flying blind for five weeks uh, and we're gonna be taking just a lot of information, but not see anybody on any of these fields. It's gonna be a lot of Instagram videos, it's gonna be a lot of like workout clips and stuff like that. Julio is interesting to me only because of how cheap he is, and I just can't see a scenario where Julio signs to a bad team. Like, if he's going to play, like he's going to sign to a team that has like a chance to win, right? Like,
1: like I, I think players like Julio, for example, I think like. There's more chance that he sets out the first five weeks of the season and then signs for a team who needs a wide receiver who has a chance to win than he signs for a bad team.
3: Yeah, why not too? He should given his yeah. you know pull the Roger Clemens route. You know, <laughs> you know, wait yeah. and
1: see. Yeah. <laughs> wait and
3: see. Uh he absolutely should. And We've got a number of those guys out there too. You talk about Manuel Sanders, like Cole Beasley. Wait for the Cowboys to re-sign Cole Beasley, you know, after oh, yeah. you know, wait for that to happen, you know. Uh, you know, but so yeah, I think Julio's the one interesting guy. Like we took Will Fuller, like Will Fuller like will probably golf like even a bad team wants to give him money right like but like julio is one guy i see like if he's gonna sign somewhere it's gonna be like with the ravens with the bucks with the packers or like you said someone that a team that's winning loses a player at the uh, onset of the season so he's kind of like the one guy i like even given his age just because his price is like you said it's round 16 he's 17 18 why not
1: and i i think the other player that goes not in into range i didn't mention is obj and you know obviously he got injured in the super bowl so i think people need to compare that with the injury situation but well Fuller obviously is still not obviously uh, 100% with that finger injury but Julio should be pretty much 100% so I think he's interesting there but uh, running through the team that we finish up with we do have Hertz and Stafford we do have that week seven bye so we're taking a zero there but we'll see how it plays out we have Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Isaiah Spiller who I really like there, Brian Robinson who at this point is The prototypical Zach Kruger pick here in this draft. He's my
2: brand. We have have Marlon (laughs)
1: Mack, we have AJ Brown to go with Hertz, we have Al Robinson to go with Stafford, then we have Michael Thomas, who we have been assured by Rich is going to come in in the best shape of his life. Ah, I did not say that. And then we have Tyler Boyd, I think, is severely underrated in terms of where he's going in drafts. I know. You know we have the likes of the Chase and Higgins, obviously going much much earlier in those first three rounds. But if anything happens to them, or they miss any time, like I would say, he potentially for me is the best wide receiver tree and on any roster in the NFL. Like he is very very talented. Uh, then we have Rondell Moore, uh, second year player. I think Jamison Crowder. You mentioned and you mentioned uh, Cole Beasley. I also think that he's going to be a big problem for Dawson Knox, particularly in the red zone. I think that's an area where we can see Crowder do some nice work there we have van jefferson to add to that ram stack we have will fuller just need to get that finger sorted and then we have donovan people's jones we have kyle pitts who we're hoping does everything for this team and then we have tyler higby um obviously to add to that stack to give us a little bit of depth at the tight end position i'll go to you first uh rich how are you feeling about how things have played out we could sense in the room probably that 10 rounds and we were wondering where we were going here but i think we've we've rounded it out pretty good and we've we've been, the one thing i'll say is i might add up all the players ages after this draft i think this is the oldest team i'll draft this year
3: yeah this is definitely a singer in a smoky room team i don't stop believing uh this is i mean I mean, you just go back to the the front here and like i said it's probably my fault i'm terrible for these types of shows but yeah i mean you know if, if you swap pits out with hollywood brown or someone else like this has a whole different type of feel to it and maybe Pitts is just that unicorn, right? Like we're all we all kind of know like the Pitts unicorn season can happen, and it feels like we're just trying to be early ahead of it because when he when he gets there, P- he's Pits gonna had, be a
1: first. That's his last season with ten touchdowns. Like you know that that's all he has to do. Like he just needs to add the touchdowns to last year's season to pretty much have that unicorn season, right? But because once
3: he gets there, he's gonna be basically a, a go through a stretch of his career where he's a first round pick. Like it, it's just gonna get there. I mean, he's I don't know. Proud of Kelsey. I, and you know we're probably still maybe at least a year away given the situation, but if Mariota plays well, uh, you know you never know. Uh, so we'll just have to cheer for that, man. We're cheering for that upside, and then we're cheering for Michael Thomas to at least play in week one.
1: <laughs> we just need to get a couple of games out of Michael Thomas. That's what, that's what we're hoping for. But uh, yeah, Harry- I
3: mean, we would have liked to have one more good wide receiver up here, though, for sure. Whether that come at the expense of not taking the quarterbacks or we did. Or the tight end where we did, but we would love to see another good wide receiver on
1: this roster. How are you feeling, Zach?
3: Uh, I mean,
2: I, I I'll officially uh, pen an apology on Twitter for even having Kyle Pitts in the queue. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I... I'm just kidding. No, I I, I mean, obviously, I, I do think that that's where we're at. I think I think that the wide receiver pick there like we would have had a couple better guys. Let me just
3: What was the board if we didn't take Zeke at ADP? Like if just for the hell like we we basically took Zeke on principle of just like, well, is this the lowest I'll ever fall?
2: Yeah, so I actually pulled the board up here just cuz I thought we did have a couple of interesting things that would be worth looking back on.
3: So we so...
1: could have taken Amari, Devontae Smith. The I the only player I would have pitched ahead of LA, it would have been Hall. So I think I would have still one run him back there.
3: I was just thinking given what we had started with taking Pitts, like we would embrace just the full anchor build, yeah, like a full yeah. anchor uh, with CMC as the anchor, who's a pretty solid anchor. But, uh, that, I mean, I was just trying to see another way, another opportunity outside of the Kyle Pitts selection where we could have added that good, at least aesthetically appealing, a wide receiver. Yeah, because, I mean, even <laughs> if you would have had
2: like, even if you would have had like Juju over Zico Elliott, like maybe that works out, you know, Potentially good wide receiver and a great offense. Smith would have been fun for the Philly stack. I think we would have actually probably been able to maybe get Brown, Smith, and Jalen Hurts, which would have been a, a heck of a start there. Um, but I, I do think that looking back at the Pit stack, like or at not the Pit stack, but the Pit selection, like we do have a handful of guys who I I am easily drafting over him, or at least you know willing to to take someone else. Over him in, in a lot of drafts. In particular, I would probably say Cortland Sutton, Jalen Waddle are both guys who I, re- I really like getting my hands on. Even Deontay Johnson, I probably would have, you know, made a bigger argument for for someone like Kyle Pitts. I, I think I just kind of had him as a cue as a potential elite tight end. Uh, but but there is a lot of reason to, to doubt that that would work out. Certainly, that's probably why I haven't drafted Kyle Pitts a lot outside of this draft. Probably. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think, though, like, I, I, there's no problem with the Kyle Pitts pick. I think, you know, we wanted to get an elite tight end. So, like, if I was moving this around and I could do it the exact way I wanted, I probably would take Mike Williams or Marquise Brown over Kyle Pitts. And then I would have taken Rashad Bateman, I think, over Alan Robinson at that pick in the, the fourth round. But I do think then when we get into that fifth round and we take Ezekiel Elliott, I think if we had taken Brown in the third round, we may have leaped a little bit early to try and get Kyler and Morty where we got Zeke. And then that would have probably left us where we have Jalen Hurts. We might have took the likes of Brant and Ayuk. or I actually think we would have went for Hopkins to really stack in the, the Cardinals. So I think rather than move... One of my
3: favorite stacks in these big tournaments is the Cardinals because they're palatable at ADP where you don't really have to reach... And then you look at their playoff schedule, not just the week 17, you look at their entire playoff schedule. I mean, they play Tampa Bay, Denver, and then Atlanta in the finals, which is, you know, you get two potential shootout games with back and forth and then one potential dog sledding game.
1: And and they're pretty much indoors in the majority of their games as well, which is always a, a benefit. You don't have to worry about the weather. But I think we probably would have altered the overall structure of the team more than we would have swapped players in or out. But I think looking at it now, you know, it's not like if we didn't take Michael Thomas there. I don't know. Like probably if we didn't take Pitts, I would have took T.J. Hawkinson. You know, there's a couple of things there that are a little bit tricky to to maneuver based on how the draft went. I think some of the players that were drafting in that one, two, three range caught us a few times with picks that we may have taken um, if they didn't. You know, just didn't work out exactly the way. But I think overall, when we're sitting in you know the playoffs, and we're here in January, and we've we've won. <laughs> The $2 million top prize <laughs> be everyone will be like when Michael Thomas is the comeback player of the year, and uh, th- like it's between him and Alan Robinson, <laughs> even though Alan Robinson did play last year, just how badly he played, he'll be in the consideration for comeback this team needs of the
3: three year. things that have happened you need the Zeke Elliott 20 touchdown season, a Cooper Cup injury. Uh, and Michael Thomas to play.
1: Yeah, and Michael Thomas, <laughs> Michael Thomas' this season is actually going to be so good that he beats out Christian McCaffrey, who gets twenty touchdowns this season as well for <laughs> comeback player of the year. So yeah, that's what we're that's what we're putting our hopes on. But uh really fun having the draft. um As you mentioned, sometimes when you're on the clock, you know, I, I like to have fun in these drafts as well. That's the most in, important thing when we're having these conversations to have a little bit of fun. But I want to say to Rich, it's been a pleasure having you on. Hopefully, you've enjoyed doing the uh the veteran draft is, i guess we'll we'll remember it from this point forward but uh if you aren't following rich on twitter make sure you do so at lord reeves one of the smartest minds in the entire fantasy football industry make sure you're following him there if you are watching this video now as well make sure you do give it that thumbs up hit that subscribe button on the road of youtube channel but rich as we start to sign things off here thanks a lot for for jumping on
3: Yeah, anytime, guys. Uh, You know, I wish it would have went better aesthetically, but sometimes maybe when we look back at things, this will be the gem, the uncut gem
1: for all of us. (laughs) One of the the fun things about uh, doing drafts and recording them is often the picks that you're like, how did that pick come about? And you listen back to the show. I know at times myself and Sean have drafted shows and we've thought, how did that pick happen? And then we're like, well, we recorded it so we can go back and find out. I remember on ship chasing last year, there was one of the picks, I think it was uh, Leone pitch to draft jamar chase and he was kind of you know everyone kind of nearly went against him and he made the pick and then jamar chase ended up being the, yep. the player who kind of won them the money last year so these things can play out so we have probably have a good few clips here if this team has success this year that we can we can play back but make sure as well to follow zach on twitter at zk underscore ffb myself and him all we'll will have many more basketball shows coming for you throughout this offseason Hopefully, this is going to be a weekly thing. We do have Peter Overzet on deck for next week, so we're looking forward to bringing you that one. My name is Colum Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And until we're back with another show, have a good one.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?